The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. You know, uh, it's a little early for a tree. The Christmas season starts as soon as you put up your tree. I think the world could uh, extend the Yuletide spirit a week, you know? <laughs> And welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, where we rate and review Christmas episodes of television to try to find the best ones for you and your family or not to watch every year. My name is Brian. I'm taking over the hosting duties this week as we kick off we kick off the week of things that we don't know what we're getting into. <laughs> I'm joined by the normal host and creator of the show, Chris. Hello. And our trusty sidekick and companion in life, John. I am real. I mean, I accept it, but I'm kind of hurt that I'm just the sidekick here. You're a Compa- life companion. Yeah, what, more yeah. what, what more do you want? What the hell? It makes me life. Com- I don't know if life companion is better. Like, am I like a dog or am I like secret boyfriend? Because <laughs> secret America. boyfriend, obviously. Okay. okay, I'm fine with secret boyfriend. Okay, cool. Well, I'm sorry to have like you know done you hey, dirty like that, hey, John. It's a, but can how- I? I need. I need to at least be a cool sidekick. I don't want to be. You're great. You're like, a great sidekick. But let's be real. I'm Jason. I'm probably Jason Todd. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Every, if there's going to be a vote on the podcast eventually about which which host to kill off, it'll be me. <laughs> You're Jason Todd in the period between getting killed by the Joker and becoming Red Hood. That dead? Yeah. No. The what? dead. The dead period. Yeah. No. He, he was he was brought back to life shortly after the Joker killed him by the Lazarus Pith and Rachel Ghoul, and we've already lost so many listeners. No. With this, this is, brief nerd they, tangent. They, they know what they signed up for with this podcast. Uh, they're they're so deep in. We've had like weird long discussions about so many comic books on here. Okay. Well, then yeah, they're you know. Jason Todd was brought back shortly after he was killed by the Joker by Rachel Ghoul in the Lasser's Pit because Rachel Ghoul felt guilty for indirectly killing Robin. And then there was a period where uh, Jason Todd was alive and before he goes back to Gotham as the Red Hood, where he's training and just kind of becoming a general broody badass. Is that the one? Is it, yeah, I think I know which, which like section that is where he's like got his little like crew of ruffians or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like a little good comic run. There's a good alt-reality DC book where Jason Todd still gets killed and, and Batman finds out about it from the Joker later that uh, not only did he not end up killing Jason Todd, but uh, he let Jason Todd go and Jason Todd was just so fed up with Batman, he left and never contacted him again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... <laughs> That's that's a more of a me move than the yeah, which I was gonna say is probably more John's trajectory on this podcast. Yeah, more <laughs> eventually. Of a... Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna swear vengeance on you guys. Good. Okay, that's appreciated. <laughs> Anytime soon. Other, other than not of. feeling, you know, like swearing vengeance, uh, how's everybody doing? 
good, man. We are, man, like little more than 10 days away from Christmas right now. It's, it's, it's deep. We're deep in the heart of it now. This is crunch time. Two weeks left of podcasting. It's just going to fly by. Just 11 days away, you know, on this beautiful December 14th. Uh, I'm looking out the window now and seeing the snow fall on a sleepy Salt Lake City. It's only 11 days away. (laughs) There you go, Brian. I gave you a transition. Don't say I never did anything for you. (laughs) Oh, man. So much much singing happening with this group and in the episode we're about to talk about. And I was as pitchy as most of them. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot to talk about today. It's the first episode of our Blind Pick Week. I picked this one uh, at the suggestion of my wife, April, which is a change to how I originally told the story. Hopefully that's, she hears that's this a retcon. That's a retcon right there. We're going to retcon this. Yep. Yep. We're a pro-April podcast. She just poked her head into the door and smiled, you know, approvingly. <laughs> <laughs> and the door is shut out. <laughs> and you know what? I I only saw before this. I only saw the first episode of Ally McBeal because April fell asleep to it. That's right. Not retconning that part of the old story. <laughs> is RDJ in the first episode? No, he is not. I don't like it then. <laughs> exactly. I thought this was just going to be a really late '90s, early 2000s mess of a work love life kind of plot. And goddamn, was I just charmed to see what happens. Do you guys want to hear a recap of the Allie McBeal episode, Tis the Season? I would love to. Hit us with it. Cool. So, Allie and Larry try and have a Merry Christmas, but Larry is sad because he's not with his son in Detroit. Allie had to coax that information out of him, by the way. Allie also feels bad that she can't bring Larry out of his holiday slump. John lies to the woman he's courting. Damn right I did. (laughs) Sorry, that's John with an H. No. Yeah. (laughs) So he lies to the woman that he's courting, Kimmy, about being a singer and has to come up with an out and an act in front of a large group of people. John is also suing a TV station for wrongful termination of an anchor who said Santa isn't real on the air. Oh, and Jenna, I mean Elaine, feels sad about being alone on Christmas, sings in front of people at a bar, feels validated, and gets asked out by Mark. And that's about it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the end. That's That's a pretty neat summary, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of how the episode feels, too. Like, not to jump ahead too far, but there isn't, at least on the Allie and Larry side, it doesn't feel like there's a really great resolution. It feels like they're heading towards a resolution, but Larry's still sad. He decks no, out her entire yeah. apartment at the end. Yeah, like, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That is not explicitly stated that he does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I don't think it is. No, that's how the episode ends. He is literally in her apartment. They sing a song together on the piano. Right, but then he's still kind of sad at the end of it. It's not like they look at each other lovingly and kiss passionately. He's just kind of standing there singing, and it fades out. Yeah, because they can't show hot, hot Flockhart Downey Jr. love scene. <laughs> this is network TV, Brian. 
<laughs> and they practice so hard off screen for that. <laughs> I, I don't that's know. actually a baseless that's a baseless claim yeah i was gonna say don't do this to us please <laughs> this is how the podcast ends <laughs> we don't have good enough lawyers for you to be doing that we don't have any lawyers as good as ally mcbeal to take care of us <laughs> or lucy Liu. right or the, or the one guy that wears the same color tie as his shirt who's in a lot of other tv shows and movies but i can't remember his name the John guy in this one? No, no. The John guy's friend who keeps telling him he needs to lie. Oh. Yeah, that that guy's like an ideal slime ball, though. Like, yeah. He's great at yeah. that character. He's, oh, my God. Phenomenal. He's he's so icky. Uh-huh. So icky. So icky. Uh, I'm going to toss it back to Chris here, who uh, has a bit of information he'd like to tell everybody. Yes, as we've been doing this season, we are promoting some other Christmas podcasts you guys might want to know, and today it's very appropriate. We're doing Totally Rad Christmas with host Jerry Davila. You may remember, if you've been following us, during the offseason, we did a little mini episode uh, on our feed about Doogie Howser, which we covered in full on Jerry's podcast, to David E. Kelly shows. That's the little connection here. Allie McBeal and Doogie Howser, both David E. Kelly shows. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. Jerry's podcast covers everything Christmas that happened in the 80s. So if you're looking to make your holiday season a little more radical, Jerry is here to tell you why you might want to tune into his podcast. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever, like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gagging with the Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant with the Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Doogie was a better episode than this. <laughs> Be sure to check out Totally Rad Christmas wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive in. How insufferable do you think it is to own a bar below a legal firm? Because it kind of sounds like the people in the legal firm just make everybody working at the bar their bitch. And uh, that sounds awful. No, man, just Portia de Rossi and Lucy Liu because they're very pretty. I almost want to flip that question on its opposite side, which is how much time do you really want to spend at the bar that is directly below the place you work? I don't know, man. It has a banging karaoke stage. Oh, I mean, undeniably. Yeah. They But they make it sound like it's just a band stage because uh, Elaine says that the bar tries to discourage her from singing all the time. And they she shouldn't. just brushes them off. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't. She's an incredible, incredible singer. Very talented. Brian, I just want to compliment you, too, on getting all these characters' names down. Because if there's one thing I have to say about this episode... Too many characters. <laughs> a lot, of, lot going on. <laughs> a lot of times I was like, why are we even bothering to give this character lines? Because right. <laughs> it just doesn't seem important. 
I tried to stick with the meat of pretty much if they had more than five lines, they got a mention here in the in the recap. Yeah, I think I mean I think you you hit the main you know there's kind of three main stories kind of four if you you count Jane Krakowski's as well and 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 you got them all in there. Yeah, I mean we got everything that you need to know about the episode. I guess the real first question to debate I guess is you know how many first you... questions are we gonna have? <laughs> second first <laughs> second and final first question, right? April and I argued this. Uh, a little bit when we were watching this episode and that's if we should tell our kids that santa exists when we have kids or if we should just be upfront with them and say there's no such thing i mean you tell them when they're super little man they'll and then you like wait for them to figure it out which is like i guess not age five <laughs> like, april they're... wants to be upfront about this and say at no point in time was santa real or will santa ever be real that and that is kind of horrifying to me <laughs> that fucking i wouldn't fire that anchor for like i would fire that anchor for going off script and wasting five minutes of my newscast <laughs> and then also being the driest least entertaining man and pretending this is important <laughs> well i also like that their argument in their closing argument for this guy, they're like, hey, he was trying to say that it's more important for kids to trust their parents than to believe in the fantasy of Santa Claus. And it's like, if that's that guy's point, he did a terrible job of getting that across and should be <laughs> fired because he's bad at his job. <laughs> yeah, like he made it like his like tenor doing that like thing was like talking like. Like, the same tenor, like, when the Iraq War started. <laughs> like, it's, it's not that deep, dude. Just, like, <laughs> it's not that important. Like, we all, like, every everyone, no matter how old, pretty much knows Santa Claus is fake. We just have fun with it. It's something you do to put another gift under the tree for people you like. Yeah. Re just breathe a little deep, guy. Like, let it's it It's just, go. like, a delightful thing that adds a little bit of energy to the day. Yeah, that's, like, how we always operated it in my family was yeah. like i don't know basically didn't basically assume santa claus super fake but <laughs> my parents were like if you're not a weirdo about it you get more presents and i'm like well i'm a greedy kid <laughs> only child syndrome let me get them gifts and that's how i operate it man yeah <laughs> i think we need to i mean if we're gonna focus on this we need to talk a little bit about Lucy Liu just destroying this eight-year-old that they put yeah. on the stand <laughs> because I think you would dis I think you would debar Lucy Liu after that performance. I don't know. Well, I think you keep an eye on her because it kind of looks like she's a serial killer. Yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with like the just a lot of sociopath vibes. Did you like the little sound bit that they did when she you know like her brain fired up and they did that like quick like <laughs> I truly hate all the sounds on this show. <laughs> <laughs> like so no i did not enjoy that the the sound design is something we can talk about later but like i hate all the weirdest i hated like the two little weird asides because they're, they're not like consistent enough in the show to like be part of it in my opinion i have a lot of issues with the direction of this 20 year old five season show <laughs> just think they could have done a better job I just, like, wanted to know where the other lawyers were in that. Or it's, like, objection, badgering the witness. Like, it's a fucking eight-year-old. <laughs> like, yeah, what? Right? Well, that's also not, like, how they let kids testify either. 
Right. Like, well, I like... mean, I'm sure that's also not a good witness for them to call the grandson of the defendant. Yeah, you're having your kid commit perjury. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Go up there and lie to the court, son. Listen, listen, boy, we own a television station. You're going to have to lie to the courts a few times. We're a Fox affiliate. <laughs> I know it's absolutely television logic, but it's a lot of fun how quickly they had that jury selected and the trial started. Juries in civil case, like, the fact that people think there's a super frequency of juries in civil cases just is a failing as a nation for us. <laughs> well, it's because of shows like this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Suits really got it right. <laughs> it's just weird, too, that... Like, at the end of this, too, when they deliver their verdict and the news anchor loses his lawsuit, that he's just like, eh, it was a long shot anyway. <laughs> Thanks for trying. <laughs> I know I'm unemployed, but I just and I just burned, like, $50,000 on a court case because I'm probably going to cover the legal fees of the news of the television station, but, like... <laughs> it's okay. I'll just go over to InfoWars. <laughs> <laughs> I, fuck, it, fuck it, dog. I was on TV for a little bit. Like, I was a national news story. <laughs> for being a dumb dumb just an absolute twat <laughs> yeah this this had some hard 90s moments that i really did not <laughs> did not love <laughs> but my favorite in terms of just like getting you in the the time frame is you start the episode with what i believe i did not look it up to confirm but what i believe is a macy gray christmas song it and i'm absolutely like, that is my is first it? note macy it's, gray oh, hey, macy it gray. is 2000 yeah it's like oh hey macy gray <laughs> and then my second note is wow robert Downey jr gets way hotter later <laughs> yeah that man's aged well the macy gray thing too it's like the thing that connects for me with macy gray is i'd never i can never not think about macy gray and spider-man because yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's so weird it's just such a weird thing that she is so prominently featured in that first spider-man movie we get a lot of weird voice stuff in here we get robert downey jr's extremely strange singing voice macy yeah. gray who has a pretty strange singing voice singing yeah. voice bob dylan references the yep. strangest singing voice you got john who's pretending to sing or not, I guess he is singing to a degree, but, you know, to your point, weird, strange singing voice. Hey, man, someone with a weird voice, I respect it. You go up there and you do what you got to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You got to do what you have to do to lie to the woman that you potentially love. You don't. I hope and he doesn't. I hope he doesn't love her. I have concerns I about yeah, her ability to take care of herself. I don't know the love story there to really say one way or the other. <laughs> And I really don't have any interest in watching Allie McBeal up until this season where I assume Robert Downey Jr. came into play. because Yeah, I, he carries the show. How surprised were you guys to see him as part of the cast? I thought he was right? just going to be like special guest star. The fact that he was in the main credits as part of the cast was shocking Motherfuckers to me. Well, he, was it, like, he was like a with. What is that, like a featured member? Like you're not like full cast? Because he's not like part of the main cast. He's a with. He's a with, but it's still, it's, I mean, he's still he's in still the credits. There. He's not right, yeah. like. He's, he's collecting royalties for that. What do you think he makes more money on? Marvel royalties or Alan McBeal? Probably. It's probably Marvel, isn't it? <laughs> can, we Marvel. Do, can we do this weirder? <laughs> what do you think he makes more money on? Alan McBeal royalties or SNL royalties? 
Ally McBeal. <laughs> Definitely, it's got to be Ally McBeal. Now, he was both. He was on both for only a season, but I did like that. This really spurred me to get the full Robert Downey Jr. story, where I, you know, collected bits and pieces over the year. But I'm just like, why is he on this show? Why did he stop being on this show? What is the gap between when he like cleaned up his act and this? And it's like, oh, this was kind of a like a thing that really spurred him to hit rock bottom, got fired from this show. What? Oh, oh yeah. Really? Is that what happened? Oh, oh my God. Wow. I, yeah, no, because I, I was digging into Wikipedia while I was watching the episode, because if I'm being honest, I was pretty bored at parts of this. But, um, <laughs> Same. But yeah, he like had a big problem with drugs. He was able to get work join the cast of this show for this season like was they were supposed to keep him on into the final the next season they were supposed to get married but he like got arrested and they had like they had to fire him and then like he just kind of kept spiraling and eventually hit rock bottom like took two years to clean up his act and like slowly started working his way back into acting goes on a great run after that though man oh yeah kiss kiss bang bang scanner darkly hell yeah brother he does sing in his next movie after this, which is hilarious which was... to me. Singing Detective. <laughs> yeah, he's it's a musical. Yep. Home, <laughs> Homeboy really believed in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was his, I mean, to your point, John, about saying that his voice is kind of weird. Like he, the first song that they sing, I'm like, is he even actually sing? Like when he's alone at the bar piano, right. when she like walks away, I'm like, is he even actually singing this? song and then you're like maybe and then later he's definitely singing with her uh when they're in her apartment yeah he has to me he sounds like he has like he sounds like one of those people who have like a really trained voice like he Mm. and he for sure did he started acting when he was like four (laughs) so like he probably like gone gone through like all the like acting schools all like the training and stuff yet like but he has a trained voice but he's not like talented is like what it sounded like yeah. to me. Okay. Where he's like, he knows how to sing. He knows like how to make himself like project and make kind of like be relatively on key, but he's not like great <laughs> at it, which is like weird that they just are like, keep doing it though. It's the nineties, baby. We're in the swing revolution. Keep doing these swing songs. <laughs> Get after it. <laughs> Drain Krakowski can sing though. Oh my God. Voice of an Absolutely. angel. Just a delight. Yeah. I had no idea she was in this show, by the way. Her and Portia de Rosie. No idea. There were just so many of these little... That's why this episode was so delightful for me. It wasn't because it was good by any means, but it was just so many of these people that I had no idea were part of it. So it was just a lot of fun to see them, you know, be in this 2000s era time capsule before they really kind of hit it big in other ways. And just kind of see them play kind of characters that they become known for later on in their careers. You know, you know, Elaine Jane Krakowski has a lot of, a, a lot of Jenna in her for 30 rock. Portia de Rossi kind of feels like she's a bit of an arrested development. So like Portia de Rossi ha- is like, for me, she's like perfectly in between her better off Ted character and her arrested development character in this role. Yeah. Like that's, this is like the perfect happy happy medium between those two and yeah. it it is kind of the hard part about this episode too is when you know so little about the show going into it 
and you see these people that you're familiar with in other roles, it's very hard to disassociate them from those roles because you're like, why are you acting like this? I expect you to act like this character I know you as. Right. Robert Downey Jr. reminds me a lot as uh, his character from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang if yeah. he got his act together and became a lawyer. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Consent. I, Robert Downey Jr. in fairness plays one character for the most part, except for like even in Zodiac, he's playing this character. Well, this <laughs> character, I think, is like a very toned down Robert Downey yeah. Jr. too. He's like nowhere near as snarky. He's not as sad. To, like, because in, like, I feel like in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that character gets very sad at times. And like, yeah. this, there's some sad stuff happening with Larry in this episode, especially like this whole reveal of his secret child that he'd been holding back from Allie McBeal really pisses me off that they don't go more into that like why can't you see your kid dude yeah like why can't we like when she's like why don't we go to detroit oh his mom takes him to canada why don't we go to canada yeah right <laughs> like you could like set up another episode really easy but she's like, just like very clearly eh. very love your very much love your kid so what the fuck happened bud <laughs> she mostly is just upset that she's like he fucked other ladies in his life this is a not sex positive episode <laughs> like they make fun of that one guy for for dating a, a trans person which right. is regressive 90s stuff with the hard with the hard r and hard m from lucy lou yeah, yeah. that was like just not to spend too much time because we already talked about the trial a lot but like that was kind of wild because you're watching this and you're like damn lucy lou really going after this kid and you're like that's kind of funny and then she like drops the r word and then the m word right after and you're like whoa shit like hold up hold up lucy lou let's hold on it's kind of a whirlwind you have to hit the back button real quick like yeah i did not did that just i happen? did not enjoy that moment no <laughs> the confidence in which she said it like she didn't even like debate it and it just it's it's one of those things that time capsules and it reminds you that when we were growing up we we used to say a lot of things that were yeah nowadays we'd be so embarrassed by yeah right right at least no one made well i guess i was gonna say at least no one got made fun of for being gay but then someone got made fun of for being in a trans relationship so i was i was i mean i don't want to spend too much time on this but i was a little confused at that especially at the end of the episode where that character asks out jane krakowski i was like oh but i thought like I, I I just thought he was gay and they were making a bad joke about him being gay, but I guess it really was just like, oh, he was dating a crossdresser or uh yeah, just like it was weird. I was confused. It's just he's just a pansexual man, you know? Yeah. Just being a pan dude. And that's and that's okay for our pan listeners. Yeah. If there are any. You know, we think you're cool. Yeah, you absolutely. Soy Boy Christmas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At least this episode felt Christmassy. It was exceptionally pretty front Christmas-y. and center the whole time. Yeah, it, it, nice. it definitely. I liked, especially at the beginning. Uh, one of my first notes while watching the episode is, um, you know, they're Robert Downey Jr. and uh, uh, Calista Flockhart. Calista Flockhart. Larry, Larry, and Allie are grabbing their Christmas tree, and he tells her he doesn't really like christmas and i'm just like oh we're like fast forwarding the plot of a hallmark movie here i i had like kind of high hopes for this once we start i had no expectations going into it but when we started watching it i had some kind of high hopes for it like because it was kind of reminding me of the new girl episode we watched last year which we also kind of described as like a mini hallmark movie 
And it kind of had some of those beats in it, but there's just a lot of other stuff going on where that dilutes it. It is actually, if it's just the Larry Alley plot, a Hallmark movie. It even like yeah. up and yeah. up and including the, it's a woman dating, falling in love with a man, a single with, dad, no less. Yeah, single dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't have children of my own because I was doing working. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and she even has the conversation with the friends like i'm just trying to cheer him up because i see he's so sad but i don't know how some people like don't like christmas Man, right it's fine let us be at that point though too when Allie mcbeal said that to her friend i looked april dead in the eye and was just kind of giving her that uh-huh mm-hmm. do you hear this do you hear yourself in Allie mcbeal <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get it sometimes sometimes you just want to be moody man get in no, touch some... with those feelings i mean i don't particularly enjoy christmas and my current relationship she very much enjoys christmas Ooh, okay so i live i live i live this i live this struggle man she must be pretty excited you're doing this podcast then <laughs> god i hope she well, you haven't told look... her about this podcast have you <laughs> You know, I've said some things that maybe. <laughs> what things have you said? You know, maybe maybe sometimes I get a little in front of myself. Don't think before I speak, Brian. Chris can only save me from myself so much. <laughs> no, she's aware of Yuletide TV. Speaking of Yuletide TV, did you did you guys notice the most important part of this episode? They said Yuletide. They said a lot. they said the name of the show in the in the in it. Yeah. Did they? They said Yuletide. They said Yuletide. Oh, oh, they said Yuletide. Yeah, yeah. Not Yuletide TV podcast. But, But, you know, Chris, I'm pretty sure you can probably cut some audio to make it sound like two people say Yuletide TV. That's true. They got to say TV during the lawsuit stuff. Would you guys, if you were were in the Ally McBeal world, would you keep dating someone who had a secret child? How nascent, I guess I don't know how nascent this relationship is. I think it's fairly recent because someone... I mean, the guy kind of asks at one point in jest, but he does ask Robert Downey Jr. if they've slept together yet. So I gotta, mm. I gotta think it's relatively new. Yeah. Well, if if the plot of this show is correct, Larry, Larry sleeps with everybody. <laughs> Slinging hmm. dick. Hmm. <laughs> right, I feel like that's a deal breaker for me. I feel like you got to mention have secret child. I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for this because. It just seems very complicated. And I think it depends on how much you like the person you're seeing, how they feel about it themselves, and, you know, why they never brought it up. If it's just kind of like one of those, oh, well, it slipped my mind. Well, you know, that, ladies, is a deal breaker. I think listeners, send us your feedback, yuletidetv at gmail.com. How many dates, on which number date do you reveal your (laughs) secret child? to the person you're dating is it one second it, year of marriage <laughs> obvious yeah you want to make sure that they're, you want to make sure they're caught in there yeah right, i'm locking sure. that down can't leave you without some legal proceedings <laughs> <laughs> did anyone else have trouble with the timing of this episode like yeah. ju- just the cro- the chronology of when stuff was happening because at one point they mentioned going on a lunch break like in the trial before they interviewed the kid 
<laughs> and, and then they came back the next day. And then they, like, go to the bar, but then they come back. And I'm just like, that is the longest-ass lunch break. And I'm like, how many times have we – is this all one day? Is it multiple? It's It was very hard for me to keep track of. Ugh. Well, Not- legally speaking, Chris, the judge has to interview the child for competence prior to allowing an 8-year-old witness. Well, so maybe you know, it was a long interview. Lawyer John. I don't know why here. they're interviewing for continent. I mean, that kid looked like he didn't pee the bed anymore. So. Okay. <laughs> Competence, not continent. Oh yeah, competence. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I fucked up. That's a that's a whiff by old John boy. Try to sound smart, sound really dumb. That's what no, I do. No, no, here, no. You sounded, you sounded, you got it right. John. John. John boy. is like a lawyer, like Charlie Day is a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I'm bird law. I, if Chris is the narrator, I am the wild card. <laughs> Just out here cutting the brakes on this podcast. Does that make me D? Or oh, you've always been D. You're the danger. <laughs> I'm gonna start. Call, I'm gonna switch from Big Papa Brag Guy to Sweet B now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that with open arms. Listeners, get us to a season three, because we have to do an Always Sunny episode. There's only one, and it's pretty decent. Big whiff by us not doing that this year. Mm. We have so many ones that we have to do. There's there's so much podcast for us to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six seasons in a movie, boys. Yep. (laughs) Yuletide TV movie about how we're we're all evil. It will be a mumblecore, by the way. Uh, This pot, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Mumblecore is not going to count as the official movie. We're going to get backing from, I assume, Warner Brothers. It'll be directed by Zack Schneider. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it will be a beautiful image. Well, I'll be very dimly lit and look, we'll be <laughs> jacked. <laughs> well, the superhero stuff is a good transition for another point I wanted to make up, which is, did anyone else enjoy watching Robert Downey Jr. and Callista Flockhart standing next to each other because you realized exactly how short Robert Downey Jr. is. He is a tiny man. <laughs> how tiny is he? He's pretty, he's like 5'6", maybe? Yeah. Hey, we're not height shaming anybody. I, I know, but it's just like... <laughs> I'm, we're a very tall podcast. He's I'll height nine. shame if we want. That's what the internet says. How tall is Callista Flockhart? She, there is... 5'5", five, five, okay. Okay. He even feels really small in like all of the Avengers movies. Like he just doesn't have a big frame, and that's fine. Like no, like it's cool. Guy still buy him as Iron Man. That's like oh, yeah. someone with short man yeah, complex yeah. for I mean, sure. Honestly, like, that height works for you better in the suit. I yeah. mean the the metal boots are definitely platforms, but you know. Oh, I <laughs> he's been wearing platforms his whole life, man. <laughs> he was wearing platforms when he got blew up by that bomb. <laughs> he's like tiny and sherlock too when he's like next to other like large people yeah but jude law is i mean jude law isn't that big of a guy either looking it up english people are tiny we know this they're tiny and have terrible voices that's all we know about england jude law is only 510 so he's only got an inch on downey jr he yeah. has four inches on downey jr <laughs> no downey jr's 59 <laughs> Right. If you say you're five nine, I put five nine as like you know like how people always make the joke if you're six foot you're five nine like if you say you're six <laughs> foot flat you're five nine. No. If you say if you are if you say you are five nine I assume you are five four. <laughs> <laughs> when did this podcast become a war on height? Hey man, listen, I don't have a lot going for me, but being six three is one of them. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we are we are speaking from a a place of privilege, and that place is you know higher than yeah at most people's height. <laughs> we get to lead with that on a Tinder bio back in the day. Yep, it's pretty cool. It's only uh, only thing that kept us in the game. Yeah, <laughs> some days. Yeah, it was strictly what got me there. Uh, <laughs> what was everyone's favorite character in this show? Like, who was your favorite weirdo? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's like a cop out answer, though. I like I like the guy that sang at the end. I I thought he pulled off the performance at the end with the yeah. singing. I was into it. What's, the band? I mean, the yeah. band carried most of it, but I was yeah. I was into it. Well, wasn't it? What aren't part of the lyrics? Hey, 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 hey. Da-na-na-na-na. It's just about selling a vibe, no, man. No, Brian, it's na 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 Hey, na 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 That's what you're thinking of. Is that of. the song it was? No, I couldn't it, oh, that's, wait, the song that's what you're thinking of, though. That's not the yeah, song. it sounded like four different songs. I don't think we, that that song has probably not aged well. <laughs> I, by that is the song I think it is. I'm not going to go into that one. We, <laughs> they don't, have we, we, we don't know. It. We don't know what song it was. I think it's Hey Part 2 by Gary Glitter isn't it or something like that oh maybe Hmm. probably don't probably don't look up gary glitter it's an english person though so you know they're evil but the best character by the way is the tv producer guy or the tv station owner (laughs) the old guy (laughs) yeah he talks really funny and it made me laugh that was the only funny part of the episode (laughs) that's the only funny part everybody rock and roll part two i'm sorry everybody that's yeah oh okay all right right. Which is fair, because he said he was a rock and what roll singer. What song would you sing slash speak in front of a crowd? Uh, man. Most Things by Cake. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you feel like a karaoke dude. Have you ever karaokeed? What did you go with? Oh, yeah. Uh, man, there was this place up in Minneapolis uh, that we can no longer go to because of the panty. Middle of the panty. That was a Korean restaurant on the bottom. A Korean hair salon on the top, but then at night the hair salon turned into a karaoke bar, and you could rent your own little room. And my friend Ian took me there twice. We had a blast both times, and we killed a rendition of "When Doves Cry." That was that was a lot of fun. I I, I do not sing well, but I would absolutely do the seal song. I do "Kiss from a Rose" for sure. Kiss from a Rose, yeah. <laughs> it's the funny. It's the funniest song ever written. You have to do it. <laughs> if I had to do it in public, I would talk, sing out some like "Hallelujah," or like, <laughs> or do like a Bob Dylan song, a late Bob Dylan song. Hey, what would you sing, Brian? You used to play an acoustic guitar. Tell me why it'd be Wonderwall with your acoustic guitar, Brian. <sighs> Uh, I was at a wedding. Oh shit! What was this? This story is already Chicago. making me nervous. No, I was at a, I was at a wedding a while ago in Chicago. Brian, and, how uh, did you ruin this wedding? <laughs> I didn't interject anywhere, Chris. <laughs> no, for uh, the reception after the ceremony and everything, Kelly and Luke had a DJ come out and played some music and kind of got the crowd going. And then there was a couple hours in the middle where there was karaoke which was a lot of fun. And then it pivoted back to dancing and being a DJ. So uh, in that time, I did a rendition of You Make My Dreams by Hall & Oates and was told I was crushing it. That's just... You could probably probably sing talk that through. That's on brand for you for sure. (laughs) 
I can see that. I can see you doing that. That works it's for fun me. As hell. Give us, give us a couple of woohoos, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I wish I was there. I wish I had been there for it. Yeah, that's a good time. I, I had karaoke at my graduation party from high school. Oh. And then uh, it started to thunderstorm and it exploded the karaoke equipment. Jesus. <laughs> Did you have to run away from the equipment as no. it started raining? Like, get back! No, get like, back! We, so, like, we put up, like, we had it under, like, like, there was inclination rain may occur. So we had it underneath, like, one of those, like, rental tents. Uh, but then the rental, like, and I think the DJ may even brought it himself, but then it leaked through and exploded a soundboard, <laughs> which is a very sad day for him. But it was a bummer. It was, karaoke was slapping. Everyone has to have a really good time with it. Karaoke can be a real good time. In fact, I don't think I've ever been to a karaoke situation where it's been a bad time. Uh, there's only one bad time at karaoke, and it is adult males singing Disney songs and thinking it's the funniest shit in the world. Like, they're the first person to sing, I can show you the world. That's the only time karaoke's bad. Did it kill the vibe, like, for the rest of the night, or was it just kind of, you know... Oh, no, we were wasted, Brian. Okay, cool. I live <laughs> yeah. in Wisconsin. So, I live in that's rural what I'm Wisconsin. Saying. I've, I've, never been, I've never been in a situation where someone busted out karaoke oh. and then it was just a room full of side eyes for, you know, two hours. I'm just trying to save someone who's going on a date to a karaoke place and thinking that's the funniest thing they can do. Doing like, I can show you the world and then being like, that'll be funny. And it's like, I know the words to that. It's like, it's, not, it's never been funny. It happens 70% of karaoke's. Stop it. Just stop it. No more Disney songs at karaoke. Come on, everybody. Get together John on this. the hard calls. I am. I'm helping. I'm trying to help the world. You know, I know we've been friends too long. Hmm. You're stealing the story from me. I, it's, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. I don't, I also do not enjoy it, though. <laughs> no, it's, it's lit- literally, I was at a karaoke bar in Madison, and I was walking into the bar. There was a guy singing, I can show you the world. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, clever. And I was handing the bouncer my idea, and he goes, yeah, it's great. And, like, rolled his eyes, and I was like, oh, you must hear this <laughs> shit every night. <laughs> Holy shit, you're absolutely right. And then it made me retroactively think about it. like Because yeah. we lived up the street when I lived in Milwaukee from a karaoke bar. And it happened, like, four times a night. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Or it's like Lonely Island at a piano bar. It's like, oh, yeah. it's fun ones, but we don't need to go through their entire music yeah. catalog <laughs> to my experience with that car- the karaoke bar where i lived in milwaukee is ca- like it's just like a weird demo because like the college neighborhood kind of butts up with like a lower ses area and you would get like there's like one dude who was like walking over the bridge and he could just fuck he just had pipes <laughs> and then he would sing like every three songs and the other two would be like shitty college kids doing lonely islander disney songs yeah <laughs> And it was just like such a transit or like, or doing like a shitty cover of a rap song, which the balls on those kids, but uh, <laughs> it was just such a, such a bad vibe. Oh, you know what just came back to memory? I did. I was very drunk in Arizona at a conference and I think I did bust a move. I'm fine with that. Fuck. I accept that. That was not, I was very drunk. That's why I, re- I, I look back poorly. Did people just stand there or did they bust a move? Uh, it was like at the end of the night, so there was like nobody there. Ah, but the people that were there, were they aware that if they wanted it, you had it? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Just making sure. You know what I will say too, is the, the one asterisk I'll put on this is if you're in a private karaoke room, 
do whatever the hell you want. Like, if you're with your friends, great. But if you're at a bar and doing public karaoke, don't do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's an etiquette to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that an Instagram post to, to go with this episode. The, the Yuletide TV's rules of karaoke. Yeah. Public karaoke. <laughs> yeah. You can do the, if it's around Christmas, you can do that first song Robert Downey Jr. sang, because that had a cool piano line that made me smile. That, that was kind of a fun song. It was a weird yeah, song. I, I'd never heard it before. And I was trying to figure out if it was a Christmas song. I mean, because it had, I don't was it Silent Night? It was like part of the tune to it, but it was like about skating away from your troubles on a river. Oh, God. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like that he wrote this song. No, 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 like no. It's by someone his... whose name I noticed. Um hold on a second i saw it in the trivia on the imdb some other fun trivia about ally mcbeal while brian's looking for this that i found on wikipedia while watching this episode is you know how we were saying like the stuff with close to flockhart and robert downey jr is really good and like just like if we had just had that this probably would have been a pretty solid episode Uh, apparently at one point fox did try and re-edit episodes of ally mcbeal as a half-hour sitcom called ally where they just took the personal parts of her life and story and cut out all the courtroom stuff and just huh. tried to make it its own show. And it was probably better. <laughs> I Didn't mean, test well. They, they did not air the 13 episodes they produced, so let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I am okay. I'm actually... I would. I think it would have been better. I hated every character that was... I hated every part of this thing that wasn't her and Larry. <laughs> Well, it's just weird because part of it is just personal drama and then everything else just seems a little too much like a caricature to really get invested in it. I was wondering, too, at one point you see Calista Flockhart and Robert Downey Jr. watching Miracle on 34th Street. And I was wondering if the courtroom stuff was supposed to be a parallel to that, you know, because like Miracle on 34th Street involves... A court case where like they're trying to determine if this man whoa, is whoa, spoilers <laughs> on miracle on 34th street yeah <laughs> miracle on 34th street a hundred year old movie <laughs> yeah shut up i said spoilers all right chris what about what about the spoiler they even met, what's the one they mentioned in here where homebie tries to i don't i hate this movie too and i forget the name of it where the dude tries to kill himself on christmas oh, that's, oh it's a wonderful, wonderful life yeah, yeah spoilers and it's With a wonderful Jimmy life Stewart. you can't watch this the show if you're worried about spoilers on a 70 year old movie <laughs> why what happens in it's a wonderful life uh you know he eventually realizes and i i just might be paraphrasing here that his life is wonderful after all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, yeah, cool, that cool. Is, that life may be wonderful. <laughs> by the way, that song is River, okay. and it was originally written by Joni Mitchell. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Well, we, I mean, we, I'll look it up for later. We, 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 we heard it. But, we heard know, it we, in the episode, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, you know, we can, whatever. Uh, let's wrap things up. You know, uh, I don't think we need to have uh, anything too fun with this. I think it can just be one of three things. It can be a Christmas classic. It can be a pair of socks or it can be, you know, a lump of coal. Who wants to uh, start it off? I'm a lump this bitch. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't like it. I didn't think it. I do not think the couple of fun musical numbers and like three good jokes are worth a lot of the regressive stuff in it. Robert Downey Jr.'s like sweater at the end is great, but it does not save the episode. 
I would say this is a pair of socks. I, I, I had high hopes for it at the beginning when it started. I was like, oh, this could be a kind of a fun surprise Christmas classic, but it just really lost me in the middle. And, you know, pair of socks, I think is a good episode to have on in the background while you're doing other things, which I think this episode is perfect for. I also think it's kind of hard to follow the stuff that is not the Callista Flockhart, Robert Downey Jr. storyline, if you're not familiar with the show already. So, yeah, I think a pair of socks, a, a, an okay pair of socks, but definitely not something I would be too eager to revisit. But I do know that they have, as I was looking this up, they have some other Christmas episodes through the run. So maybe, but again, this is the only season with Robert Downey Jr., so it's kind of horse of peace on whether it'd be good or not no rdj on junk no soul <laughs> pretty much i'm gonna agree with chris on this pair of socks i was really you know surprised when robert downey was in this and again there was that charm throughout the episode where it's just like look look it's rdj it's iron man <laughs> right <laughs> and upon first viewing that you know, brought a lot of energy and joy to the episode. But to Chris's point, I think upon, you know, further revisits, it's not going to hold up as well. You know, the 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 surprise and the charm's going to be gone. Like Robert Downey Jr. and Calissa Flockhart obviously going to carry this, you know, a little bit more than it should, but it shouldn't be considered a classic by any means. It It's, it's a cultural touchstone. Like Ally mm-hmm. McBeal was the most important show on television for a second. I was yeah. very disappointed that the only thing I know about this show, which is that occasionally scenes happen in a bathroom, did not happen in this episode. So that also... Well, no, there's a bathroom there's, scene. There, there, yeah, there was a scene in the bathroom. When she when she said the really aggressive thing about dating a trans a trans woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it must be a unisex bathroom. Right. I forgot that that took place there. Very Again. progressive for a show that is otherwise not progressive. Would still give me so much anxiety. <laughs> Dude, the sound design in the show, like lit, like as a person with anxiety, and I don't, I usually like when I watch something on my computer, like have um, a headset on because I just don't like my speakers. Whoever did the sound mix on this episode, I think you hate people with panic disorder. <laughs> okay. Because there's like All just right. like a lot of weird background noise in it that made it like really, it was really distracting for me to watch, and occasionally like a little, like a little jarring to the point where I, it was frightening me. <laughs> Hmm. and i've like are you, I, are you okay now yeah i mean that's like Good. sincerely it like that like stuff like will kind of like can like monkey with people depending on like what your sensitivities are and like there's a lot of like just like weird mix where like the background noise would come over the actor's voice and it just gave me so much anxiety the whole episode <laughs> <laughs> and i hated it i hated it so much so maybe that's part of why i just truly hated this episode but Great burn orange sweater though at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he was really in the Christmas spirit. Send us all some burn orange or burn orange sweaters and we'll play a piano song for you. <laughs> Skate away. I don't remember how the song actually I don't gonna... I truly don't either, man, but <laughs> we'll figure it out. Together. <laughs> Put it on the list. Alright. Well, with that, boys. I'm going to turn over my hosting duties to you, John. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's my turn. Man, hope you guys are ready for another John host, because we are going to watch my personal pick, which is one of my favorite shows, but like the only episode I've never seen of it. 
which is the BoJack Horseman Christmas special, Sabrina's Wish, which is on Netflix. And it's kind of long, but it's BoJack, so it's probably really good. And I don't know if this is going to be all in character on Horse and Around, which would be weird, or if we're going to get to see some dark stuff. <laughs> Ooh. It'll be it'll be a good one to talk through, I think. Uh, I've only watched it once. It's almost a little bit mystery science theater ish. It's, it's so it's in character. It's like in like the horsing. It's like an episode of horsing around. Yeah, more or less. What, interesting. Yes, 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 yes. So that's coming to us on Wednesday. Until that time, you guys know the drill. You can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We're, we're getting towards the end. We're, we're well on the downslope here as we rush towards Christmas. Uh, don't forget to check out Totally Rad Christmas. We'll include a link to that in the show notes so you can find it easily. Feel free to reach out to us. Want to let us know how we're doing. Send us some Christmas wishes. Instagram, Twitter, at YuletideTV, YuletideTV at gmail.com. All great places to reach us at. But we're going to keep cruising along with our blind picks here this week. And until next time, I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I'm John. We're glad you're still alive. Don't say the R word. No. Or the M word. Spread the word to end the word. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com. And Wait, there, John, I don't know if you guys caught. Hold, ca- hold on, John. John, do you know what that is? Is it Chris? Chris is the Chris. Polar Express coming. Oh for you. my gosh! Oh my God. The first you visit of the season. Again? It's been so long. I thought Tom Hanks had forgotten about me. I know he had a tough year with COVID, but he never forgets about you. Socially distanced seats on the train. Masks are mandatory. Ooh. Sign me up. You're doing a better job than most airlines. Actually, actually, it looks like Tom Hanks and the other conductors are not enforcing the social distancing mm. in the mask. Chris, don't get on that train. Oh, 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 I thought, oh, oh, they really want me, though. They really want me. <laughs> They're real deterred. Chris, maybe get, like, where you're at 95. They're, no one's going to protect <laughs> you but you. Do you think that the hot chocolate is hot enough to sanitize surfaces? <laughs> Wait, are you going to throw it in kids' faces as they sneeze? No, surfaces. <laughs> Just coat the tables and chairs with it. Do you think the Polar Express works like they say planes do, that like the air gets recycled out of it so fast that you can't catch COVID while you're on it? Uh, I mean, I think if the windows are open, maybe. I mean, maybe it just blows it right out, sucks it out. I, I am, for one, huh. shocked Santa is a COVID truther, but <laughs> I suppose why they have Mel Gibson and Tim Allen play them. (laughs) Hard right Santa. It's the one place that's COVID free, but not for long. Uh, Not until the holidays. You want to talk about a super spreader event? How about a guy going to every infected home over (laughs) Here's your lump of coal and a virus. Hey, 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 hey. Da na 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 na.